Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. And he's uh, back. I'm back. Was on a hiatus, but hey, you did a great job. Well, thanks. I mean, it doesn't hurt to have uh, Marv sitting across from you. Well, you know, like he's a he's a pretty he's a pretty smart guy. Mm, yep, he is. He's lots pr- lots of wisdom. Lots of wisdom. Lots of wisdom. Yes, yes. And uh, but today, uh, I think the the best part about it is that we start a new series. Mm-hmm. Change my mind. All about the mind over the next five weeks. Well, now four weeks. But uh, Pastor Marvin just kind of launched off into, I think, something that is really prevalent for most people. It's this idea of your thought life, your brain, your mind, and the battlefield that goes on and the battlefield that your mind actually is, the fights that you have in your head. Um, You know, I, I was looking this up. You and I think about fifty to seventy thousand thoughts a day. Really? Isn't that crazy? Wow. Wow. And that's no. conservative, like okay. fifty to seventy thousand. Uh, and there's a book by a Christian author. I forget her name. Carolyn uh, Leaf, I think her name is. Okay. Anyway, so she contends that from some of the data point, um, that seventy five percent of those 50 to 70,000 thoughts a day are negative. So it literally is a battle. It literally yeah. is a battle. And wow. I think, you know, I think the numbers are important to mm-hmm. to talk about because realistically, like, you know, we we down ourselves because we're like, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm always thinking these awful things in my head or mm. always, you know, whatever. And um, really at the end of the day, we're all, we're all struggling through, in the ways that we think, in the in the stuff that we are fighting through in our minds. So, I mean, I I know I know mental health overall is a big passion of yours. It is, especially in the church. Yeah, and why is that? What is it about mental health and uh, and the church that gets you? Well, I think the thing is, is that you know, I mean, I I grew up this way. You know, there's when you can't tangibly see something, or you can't, you know, take a take a blood test and get a diagnosis um it's hard it's hard to quantify something it's hard to you know you have to take someone at their word that that they're in a certain position and and i think in the church our answer to that every time is oh it's spiritual Mm. it's demonic it's you know whatever and um you know, I, with some, some real firsthand experience realized how bad we, and I'll I'll include myself, how Mm -hmm. bad we as the church are, um, in, in like just handling mental health. Um, because it's, it's, you know, there's a few things about it. I think, I think as a community, it's really tough because mental health is is a thing that it never gives back. Mm. You never, like it doesn't, you invest in it and you never actually receive anything back because mm-hmm. it's it's a sort of a thankless sort of investment, right? Because right. um, it's a lifelong, it's a lifelong fight for people that, that have these, um, have these challenges. So there's a lot of ways that I think that it's easy for us to just, you know, label it mm-hmm. spiritual issues. Um, and the church has, um, I mean, society in general has had and does have issues, but I think, I think as the church, we have a, we have a convenient label to dismiss a lot of things. Right. So do you, so do you think it is helpful then, uh, 
almost not categorize, but when you're talking about health overall, there are different levels mm-hmm. of health. Mm-hmm. But when we talk mental health, I think we just automatically go to um, diagnoses like bipolarism sure. or, you know, multiple personality syndrome yeah. or, you know, anxiety, depression, like, like that kind of thing, which I think it is absolutely on the spectrum of mental health for, for, sure. Sure. for sure. But is it better to broaden it out too? Ment- the idea of mental health, if we tie it to things like physical health, mm-hmm. there are spectrums of physical health. Exactly. And yeah, I, I think sometimes for people um, that get a diagnosis, there's, you know, sometimes it's just nice to know what it is. But I know yeah. for a lot of cases, yeah, there's a spectrum. I know for, you know, it, with depression, there's a point where you can call yeah. it depression. I know that, um, I mean, I know there's been a, you know, there's been seasons in my life where it was the, uh, melancholy. And so right. it's actually not, it's not depression, but but man, those thought processes are, I mean, again, it's on a scale and I'm glad that it, you know, it was never at a point where mm-hmm. that some people just struggle um, day in and day out with, but to, to discount, you know, other, other variations of it, I think is, 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 is isn't right either. Right. And um, now that's of course not to say that again, where does, where does the spiritual start and where does it end and where does the physical yeah. start and where does it end? But I, I think again, like, um, it's all about health. Mm-hmm. So whether it is, um, you know, a thought life reality where you don't have a, a mental health disorder, quote right. unquote, but you have your mental health isn't great because you're constantly living in this space of, mm-hmm. you know, everything's bad, my life sucks, or like you're not living in reality. Yeah, um, that's not healthy either. No. But then you have folks that have situational. Um, and circumstantial depression and anxiety because right. of things that they're going they're going on, and they do need help yeah. based with you know antidepressants yeah. and all those other yeah. things. Then you have folks, I think, in another category who do have legitimate physical, uh, you know, disorders in yeah. their minds, chemical imbalances, chemical imbalances, yeah. stuff going on that does affect their day to day. And so it is a physical reality, but it's also about, but for them, it's it's not a bodily in the sense of like, it's not hard for them to walk around. It's not hard for them to right. do that. But, you know, one of the most interesting conversations I ever had uh, was actually with my with my own wife. She was dealing mm. with some stuff mm. and, and I was being impatient with her. And she looked at me and said, would you be as impatient with me if I had cancer? Oh, wow. And like my wife yeah. is a brilliant woman. Yes, and yeah. like that stopped me in my tracks at the time. Yeah. Because we had just found out some stuff and, uh, you know, it was it, it was a mental health reality for her. And it was sure. it wasn't forever. It was seasonal. It was it was that particular season of our lives. And. I remember her saying that and it changed the way I saw mental health for people because yes, you can't see it. Like, but if she was bald because of radiation therapy, if, if she was, you know, in a bed stuck there because her body was not able to move, if she had to go through, you know, um, a surgery or whatever, I would have so much more patience Right. For her. Right. Because, oh, well, you know, physically I can see that she's not doing well. Right. But the mental instability that was going on in her head at the particular time um, was not, was just as, was as much of a sickness, was as much of a, of a, of a health reality as cancer was. Exactly. 
And I think it's interesting to think about even even like for example with cancer, sometimes there are are very definable, um, preventable ways that that people actually even get cancer. So, totally. so example, you know, people who who smoke, it, like, I mean, do we do we hold it over their heads and show them no empathy or sympathy because they smoked and now they have cancer? It's totally. like, oh, sorry, no, we don't. Totally. At least I don't think most of us do, and uh, but it's quite interesting how quickly we can we can point fingers about why a certain person would be in a in a certain mental place, and uh, mm. and the patience is hard because again, and, and again I understand because it, it's hard when it's not tangible. Um, I think my wife would be okay mentioning too. She has um, she has panic attacks and yeah, ang- yeah. anxiety challenges, and it is hard sometimes yeah. being on the other end, part partly because. As a man, I want to fix it. Sure. Like, how do I, how do we fix it? How do we make it go away? How do we? And it's it's not because it is a battle. And for her, this is the interesting thing. Even uh, you know, in in relations to the Sunday sermon, for her, the battle. And I don't doubt that there is still you know spiritual oppression mm-hmm. and things. But for her, it's actually a it is literally a physical battle. Yeah. Yeah. When she has thought processes that start cycling and 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 she has to it actually physically exhausts her to fight that battle yeah but i think we diminish the fact that the mental is connected to the body right right like so yeah so how could your head how could your body not respond to what's going on in your head your head is literally controlling everything that's going on in your body <laughs> It it is, but I mean, and I've I have never experienced this to the same degree she no. has. But she, like, trying for her to explain what it's like when she can't control. Yeah, yeah. And uh, like, it it scares her. It it like she avoids situations where she knows that it might happen. Yeah. It it impacts her life, uh, you know, and she takes some things to help her with that, but. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so for me, I think that's, that's a challenge in the church is that we, um, we don't have patience for it as much. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, I think that's a society wide thing, Sure. but again, I think we can write it off way too easily. So, um, so for me, yeah, I have a, I have a passion definitely to, to see, to see that discussion at least happen. I know, I know there's been some pretty high profile, um, does, you know, instances in the church lately, there's a, there's a pastor who took his own life um, after a, a a life long fight with depression, yeah. and uh, and again, some of us go, well, that's so cowardly. It's so you know, that's the that's the easy way out. But I don't think for me and for other people who have not fought that fight, that is that is a horrible thing to say because you you actually have no idea how hard that fight is. Totally right. Well, so the script, so the script, the jump-off scripture for all of these sermons uh, that Marv is doing um, is Proverbs four. He's doing it out of the new, uh, the Good News translation. Mm. He says, "Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts." Yeah, that's that's good. I and and that's where I think, like what, like even before your point about you know, there are some things that you can prevent, like lung cancer, for example. Like I think there are there are times you can prevent certain things like depression and anxiety mm-hmm. based on how you are training your mind to think through certain things. Now there's a, a gal that's probably going to be on next week. Her name's Jure. She's going to talk about uh, cognitive behavioral therapy and what that's done for her. 
which is really exciting. And throughout this series, I'm hoping to actually have a mental health expert come yeah, in and, great. and actually talk about well, what, what what does that look like to be preventative, but also to when you get to the the further stages of mental health deterioration, like bipolarism, like stuff that is actually physically wrong with people, how do you handle that too? Because the when I was growing up, uh, you know, I, you know, my. No, my, my parents came to faith later in life. And so then when we when we started going to church, like some of it didn't make sense to me. Like when it comes to mental health, it was always, well, there's demons. Mm-hmm. Like you like you just got to pray that out. Yeah. And to me, you know, so we, Carrie and I did, well, uh, did some stuff in Vancouver for a little bit on the east side. And, and you had to physically discern who was actually had schizophrenia and who was high on meth? Right, right. You know, yeah. Like you actually had to stop and and pray, have the right tools in your toolbox, think through. Like, okay, this person does have a mental health disorder, yeah. so there's you know there's yeah. something you know there's nothing I can do in terms of giving them you know whatever to to help them out. But this person over here, they're crawling around on the floor because they're high on meth right now. Like they're, they're two different things and, you know, one is physical. The other one is, uh, you know, this drug related issue. But then there was a third category where like you did have to discern, especially on the streets in Vancouver, like was some of it demonic and, and it took hard work to think through those things, but we didn't just broad brush everybody as demons or it was spiritual right? because that, that's not, that's just lazy. Yeah. Well, I think that's where, um, especially as Christians, we're in a unique place to see healing in some ways because, um, and I'm trying to remember if if this was in the sermon or if it was just top of mind for me, but but we are not just physical bodies. We're not just spiritual bodies. Um, They work and they are, you know, they were tied together, right? And so I think even if, you have a justifiably, you know, um, diagnosed problem. It doesn't mean that there isn't a spiritual aspect to it. Totally. Um, and I think, you know, that was an interesting thing too. The big, you know, the big thing that I've, since I've been interested in mental health too, the amount of backlash that there is to getting help too, mm-hmm. that, um, you know, there are sections of, of the church that see, um, professional help as being unnecessary or even yeah. wrong. Um, and, you know, again, I, I, I don't have, I should have, I think I should have more experience with counseling, but uh, I, we, uh, I have been in counseling before and it, uh, it is literally the most amazing thing ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's where um, I would encourage people to, you know, even if it's, even if you're not diagnosed with something to go and talk to someone and, yeah. And that's, I think you could help, you know, they can help, help you fight those battles in your mind too. And so if it's, you know, for me, even if it's, if it's just this one thing that I just can't get over, you know, just go talk to someone. Um, but I think, I think that's the other thing a church isn't good at is, uh, is, well, I mean, maybe it's just everyone, no one wants to actually do it, but I think it's amazing what happens when you actually sit down and they they help pull apart those processes mm-hmm. in your mind because, um, and it's not a, it's not a weakness. It's not a sign of, of you not making it, but uh, it's amazing how many people are, are adverse to sitting and talking to someone too. Well, 
because we don't, we, our perspective isn't, it's an investment in your mental health, mm -hmm. right? Like when we want to invest in our physical health, what, what do we do? I don't know. What do you do? Because well, I'm, <laughs> I mean, I, I should be okay. What what I should be doing? You mean what should you be doing? I should I should be what yes. Should be I should I should <laughs> oh, be man. going to the gym. I should sure. be, I should be doing those things. Yeah. Like like we know we yes. know what it takes. We do whether we do it whether we right. do it or not. <laughs> right. Whether you do it or not, you know what it takes to actually get <laughs> yeah physically yeah, healthy. Exactly. So and and people put money behind that. Exactly. They have no problem being like every January. I mean, you know, like oh, I'm I'm going to join a gym. Great, exactly. awesome. You're going to join a gym. Exactly. Why? Because you know that investing in this yeah. will help you get there. Now, whether or not you do it, that's on you. Yeah. But ultimately, you know, you're better off to do it with a with a friend or you know family member or whatever that can keep you accountable. Exactly. But you invest because you know that it will bring return. Yeah. Something something that will help you to to get better. Okay, well, a counselor does cost money, people. Yeah. I, I do get it. Yeah. But at the same time, you should probably invest in your mental health. True. And then why wait for it, it to hit rock bottom? Why? Yeah. Why and be preventative? Exactly. And interesting too, is I think a lot of people, and I don't know, uh, I don't want to speak for everyone, but you know, there's a lot of you know health plans and other things that actually include that. So Absolutely. again, if money's a problem, um, and again, I don't want to sign you up for anything, Josh, but I know that the church, you know, to a certain level, there there's a place for the church in this too, right? Yeah, I mean, if we make an assessment that that's something that you you need, I mean, we we can help yeah. uh, to a point. Yeah. And but I think it's it's getting it it has to come from the individual, yeah. because if it doesn't, and it's just something that everybody else does for you, it will only last a certain amount of time. And then the the other side of it for me too is like. Another place to find good mental health, uh, to have some have people fighting with you, because you you brought up the I mean the idea of, you know, uh, the battle really of what that looks like. Well, have I don't like last time I checked, I never saw one dude or one person go out on a battlefield by themselves. That's a great visual, right? Yeah, I've never sure. seen a guy look at an army of people and be like, you know what? I'm going to go take the care of that by myself, right? Yeah. Like outside of people like Samson in the Bible, it can like, you know, kill people with donkey jaw bones and stuff. Like normally a, a battle is fought with a bunch of people who have the same desire to push forward and to, to win, to win ground. Okay. So when it comes to mental health, really, especially in the church, if we're one body, is not the idea of a battlefield going on in your mind. The meaning of it is that it's not just individualistic. If you're not doing well in your head, the church is not doing well. Right. So then things like small groups and like finding good friends that you can talk to about stuff, not being alone, not just being online, you know, typing your life away right. for people, but actually physically looking at somebody face to face and saying, this is where I'm struggling, being authentic, opening up your heart, opening up your life. I think that is one thing that is also missing mm. inside of many people's lives. Right. And why is that? I mean, busy, I'm sure. But again, I think it's a, it's so many things can come down to the fear, right? Sure. The fear. So I know for me, even thinking through, like for me, I, I've had a few thought processes over the last year that I would love to, to conquer. Um, and it's been even I know even for us even there's yeah. some things where you've sort of laid a line or two out that you know maybe I could have come to that conclusion myself but to hear it from someone else sure 
Um, although my wife will say she's been telling me that the whole time, yeah, but yeah. maybe it's, maybe it's the plurality of these, these things so. too. So, um, but yeah, so I mean, maybe the time, you know, you hear, you, you hear something confirmed once or twice or three times, it yeah. starts to sink in. It's, you start to believe it. Yeah. And that's the beauty of community again. It feels like that's a common theme here is, is the benefits of community, right? Well, because so. I, I, we live in, we live in a world that is totally disconnected, you know, mm. as connected as we are, we are, we're so disconnected from each other yeah. and like, yeah, we're all busy. I get that. But at the same time, like it is about investment. Yeah. Like there's a reason why you feel better when you're with people, your people mm-hmm. after you're done there. Yeah. Like there's a reason why they're, you know, their community gives you something that being alone just doesn't. And I think like, this is where the church has the opportunity to really, I mean, we, we hold the market share on community. We should anyway. We should, we should. And we should be people who are inviting and opening up our hearts and have our arms wide open and make sure that people feel as though that it's a safe space for them. It's not just an in and out thing there. They find community, you know, like, that's what it should look like. And we have the market share on it because what other, I mean, outside of other religious groups, like what other, what other community has, has that? And I think that's why you, like even this young guy that died the other day mm-hmm. got shot. Like last I heard he, he was a part of a gang or something. Yeah. Well, why do people join gangs? Right. Community. Community. They want to feel like they're a part of something. Yeah. And instead of investing in, in community that is going to lift you up, they invest in things that they can, you know, that actually tear them down and cause things like, like death. Yeah. So the opportunity is there and we know that we're better when we're together in on it, but for sure, we just like, just like investing in mental health by going to a counselor. Yeah. We avoid it. We do. Fear, whatever. Right. Well, I mean, what, what holds you back the most from, Oh, man, again, it's, it's, I've had an, enough confirmation that being, you know, that by being vulnerable and, and, and sharing things, it's never actually backfired on me. I'm not sure why I, I'm, I'm yeah, afraid yeah. of it, but, but there is that, that fear that, um, you know, that that'll be the time that, <laughs> that I get ostracized for right. whatever I'm going through or whatever, I'm, whatever I'm feeling or. Um, but I mean, that's, again, I, I love, um, I love hearing people's stories. I love telling people's stories and the, the resounding, um, similarity between all of the stories and the way that they touch people is their willingness to, to actually share. Hmm. So for example, when we sit down, when I sit down with someone, um, often they'll say, you know, I had a really hard year. I really had a really hard time. And, uh, I don't doubt that they did, but Mm -hmm. what does that mean? And how, like, you know, and it's amazing when people do open themselves, it doesn't have to be in on a video in front of a whole church, but when you open yourself up to some of those details, it's amazing. The people that you find that know exactly what you're going through. Yeah. yeah. So for me, you know, again, maybe you're not ready to to tell your story to the world, but, uh, I can guarantee you there's someone that uh, would want to hear it and that would um, probably relate in more ways than you think that they would. And on, on the spectrum of mental health, like from, you know, um, thought, a thought life mm-hmm. to all the way having like a, a diagnosed disorder, mental disorder, yeah. 
that the power of that alone could that not potentially help somebody with their mental health issues like if you're constantly fighting in your head that you're the only one going through this and you find out that there's somebody else going through the same thing or has gone through the same thing and they've seen the other side could that not free you up in your mind to actually feel like oh maybe i can win this maybe i can do better and then it wouldn't necessarily get to the progression of getting to the point of being diagnosed with something yeah i mean and i don't know how that all works all the time yeah yeah but um but certainly there are there are aggravating factors and and i i would think for sure i mean even if again i have a friend who has some pretty complex issues yeah uh, and he is he is in the church and he's actually in ministry but um so i can't relate to him on a lot of different levels sure. um, i have no idea what it's like to go through the things that he goes through but when he is really low he i hear from him yeah. and and so i guess you know again you don't have to know what everyone's going through you don't have to have that you don't have to be bipolar to be a friend and be a you know a confidant to someone yeah. with bipolar so um so yeah i mean i i it, it has to even if even if there's unavoidable diagnoses it it's got to help and i think that's where maybe that's where part of the spiritual stuff comes in too because i think the you know and and marv mentioned and talked about it that that is where the devil likes to play Mm -hmm. and so again even i'm not discounting a physical diagnosis but i imagine the devil would have a lot of fun with those diagnoses too oh yeah right so again i i think physically yes it is a real physical thing but how much would the devil take advantage of those diagnoses to just run you into the ground and and we discount that side of it right it's either we we do this thing where we go extremes we either go oh it's just all medical or it's all spiritual and i I love what you're saying it 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 can be this combo of the two where a good-hearted follower of jesus who gets diagnosed with something why wouldn't why wouldn't uh the devil the enemy satan whatever you want to call him um why wouldn't he play on that? Because yeah. he plays on on people that don't have exactly. those kind of diagnosed exactly. uh, realities. So, well, I don't doubt from in my own life. Again, I for me, I've had you know maybe in the last year or so had a, a reoccurring you know some reoccurring things, and I don't doubt that 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 is there is a, p- a portion of that that is mm. the very spiritual. And uh, but then I mean, there also again situationally, I there's there's you know, there's, there's situa- situationally, there, there's reasons why I would feel that way too. So yeah. again, it's not as though I could look at it from a purely psychological way and go, yeah. well, that makes sense that you would feel that way. Sure. But then I could also see how, man, this would be the perfect place for Satan to be like, yeah, but yeah, remember this. And, and isn't that the problem with the separation of secular mm-hmm. and sacred? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, is it not all sacred? Yeah. Like, yeah i mean i think and i don't to me and i've been exploring again mental health in the church a bit um you know and and i think that's the the challenge i know with my friend he um he was ready to basically throw out the sacred approach because Mm. of of how poorly he was 
received yeah. in that in that realm. He's like, you know, um, maybe you know. Again, this is a whole another issue, but you know, for example, climate change or other things. It's like you 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 know, if you just flat out ignore something or disregard something, you don't like what sort of position is that to be in? And, totally. and so for him, he was, he likened it, or maybe he likened it to flat earth society. It's yeah, like, sure. you know, it's all these people believe in, in a flat earth. And it's like, you realize that the earth is not flat. And, and so he, he had a hard time, not just discounting everything that was being said from the sacred when he knew in his heart that there was, it was there. Yeah. But, um, he was tempted to just throw it all out for the, for the, um, for the secular and man, what a loss that would be if, if that's what happened. Right. Well, I, I have a friend, uh, you know, I just talked to him yesterday. He was, he's, he's on this weight loss journey mm. and he went to this doctor who's not a Christian mm. and the doctor gave him like, but the doctor knows that he's a Christian mm. and the doctor said, I think you, you would do well at this. And it was a whole book on intermittent fasting. Really? Yeah. And he said, you know, he's like, the doctor said, you would be surprised or like, I think this is going to really get you because the, like the the connection points between fasting and the body mm. and the spirit and all those other things, which to me is, it blew my mind when he said that. That's amazing. Because I thought, here is a guy who doesn't even believe, you know, it, it might be very, a, a spiritual guy, yeah. right? Like like the definition of, of spiritual in terms of Acts, uh, I think 17, sure. when Paul's in Athens and he says, you know, I see that you're you're very spiritual. He says that to the Athenians. Yeah. Here's this guy who is, who obviously is spiritual, can understand the connection, and he's a, he's a physician, can understand the connection between the mind, body, and spirit and people in the church hmm. can't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, no, like it's just body or it's just it's, spirit. It's just spirit. Well, no, there's a connection yeah. between all of those things and what you what you're thinking, just like Proverbs is saying here, like your thoughts actually shape your life. Right. Because it comes out physically. Yeah. So I think the challenge is is that 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 then is hard to define it's hard to manage it's messy right um it's not a, you can't label it it's not easy so um you know we're going to start talking more about the 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 combination of these things in the weeks to come right absolutely so i think it'd be interesting to hear how we could get better at um absolutely at all of those things right absolutely. so so um I love it. Yeah, let let's see let's see you know Dre and and other other people who have have found ways to to see this come together. Love it. I okay. think that's great. All right, thanks everybody. We'll see you next week. Uh, we'll have some special guests for this uh, series. Awesome. So, looking forward. Uh, to I'm it. looking forward to it. All right.